Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. A very special edition of the podcast today. EA caught up with Joe Douglas one-on-one, talked about all things Jets free agency, looked ahead to the draft a little bit, and then Olivia Landis caught up with Brian Billick, who actually was a part of the Ravens when Joe Douglas was just entering the NFL in Baltimore. So he had some great things to say about Joe Douglas. EA, how are you holding up now on Tuesday in Florham Park? Uh, doing real well, Greens. How about Joe Douglas and his career, Greens? His first year in the National Football League, 2000, and he became a champion with the Ravens. <laughs> Talk about beginner's luck, but you know, obviously not beginner's luck considering Joe Douglas has three Lombardi trophies. And real quick before we head into the interview here, what can Jets fans expect out of this interview? I, I think they can expect Joe Douglas to be solid Joe D, meaning he is exactly who people have said he is or was from the beginning when he was hired here last June, Greens. Guy is so respected throughout the National Football League, comfortable in his own skin. He sets clear goals. He stays within those boundaries in terms of financial details also what he's going to do he's not going to go outside the plan and he is also a consensus builder he takes in all the information of people within the complex and he is awfully happy about the staff he has at one jets drive couldn't say enough about the people who have helped keep this ship running here during a crazy time for everybody in the United States and the world. All right. Well, without further ado, here's Joe Douglas one-on-one. Joe, as the world combats COVID-19 and invisible enemy, the like we've never seen before, frankly, what is your new normal? Hey, Eric, how you doing? Um, you know, it's uh, it's been different. <clears throat> Excuse me. We um, you know, we having free agency and a small crew in for the first week. Then we had the shelter in place rules come into effect and then everyone was working remotely. So um, thankfully, you know, we had you know Tom Murphy and his staff in I.T., just did a tremendous job with making sure our communication and our uh, our access to each other was going to be on point. Uh, Ryan O'Hare and video, uh, our medical team's done an unbelievable job adjusting. So I think everyone's really come together, uh, adjusted well. We've been able to use technology to our advantage and uh, be able to communicate and you know stay on top of everything. How would you describe the philosophy entering free agency and now? After you're through the initial wave or two, I guess we would say, do you like what you've accomplished? Yeah, I think our philosophy going in, you know, when we talked, when we talked at the end of the year, it was about about, uh, culture and sports. And so to do that, you have to have the right people. And so I think our game plan going in was we were going to bring in a certain type of, of person and player. And I feel good about what we're able to do. Um, not only not only the new additions that we've added, but also the players uh, that we're able to bring back. You know, so I think I think all those guys have the right amount of smart football instincts, um, competitiveness, uh, versatility and toughness. And so that uh, we feel good about about the, the type of people we brought in. Uh, still a lot, a lot of work left to do. 
Um, you know, we're preparing for a huge draft with eight picks and four of those in the top 80. So there's still a lot of work to do, but uh, feel good about where we're at. You just were on a call with the media and you said there's a shortage of quality offensive linemen in the National Football League. And that's one area that you made an emphasis here heading into the offseason. Can you talk about some of the guys and the similar traits they have that you either brought in or re-signed? Connor McGovern, who's played center and guard in Denver. Greg Van Roten, um, most recently with the Carolina Panthers, of course. George Fant, who's been a versatile guy, who was a versatile guy, I should say, in Seattle, playing left tackle and right tackle. Josh Andrews, a guy who probably helps your depth a little bit. And then Alex Lewis, a player you traded for last year because you didn't want to let him get on waivers, but you re-signed him. Yeah, I think all those guys have a common trait in that they're they're versatile and flexible players in terms of they can play multiple spots. Uh, you know, and you get you get in some games, Eric, and um, things can go against you injury-wise. So you have to have you have to have a group of guys that can uh, come in and play different roles in different spots. And yet you, you have to be smart to do it. Uh, you have to be athletic to do it. Um, and so I think all those guys we brought in and including Alex, who we traded for, they can all play multiple spots. Um, they, they all bring, they all bring uh, intelligence. They all bring toughness and competitiveness. And, um, you know, we're, we're excited to get all those guys, you know, Connor McGovern can play all three interior spots. Josh Andrews can play all three interior spots. Uh, Greg Van Roten, he can play all three interior spots. So um, we've got guys that give us a lot of flexibility moving forward. Let's stay on the offensive side of the ball and go to the wide receiver position. You've talked about the need for surrounding Sam, not only just protecting him up front, but getting him some playmakers. What did you like about Brashad Perryman? Because you're awfully familiar with him <laughs> considering your days in Baltimore. You helped scout Perryman, a University of Central Florida product who the Ravens ultimately took in the first round back in 2015. Yeah, so scouting Brashad, being at his pro day, um, watching him in live run a 4-2-2-40, um, all impressive things, especially for his size. So um, obviously excited about Brashad. Um, you know, he bring he brings that that ability to take the top off the defense, really stretch the defense vertically, and put a lot of pressure on the defense. And a guy that's that's really grown throughout his his uh, early career. Um, obviously, his trajectory, um, you know, hasn't hasn't been uh, um, like every other players. Uh, but I think what you've seen from him and that the the final part of this year, and even when you were in Cleveland, the back half of his year in Cleveland, you saw a guy that was explosive that could work the middle of the field, um, that could really, really challenge defenses, um, go up and high point the ball and really make big plays. So excited about the the dynamic that he brings to our offense and can't wait for him to get going and and start building that chemistry with Sam. How about before free agency started that you you went to the street and picked up a former first-round pick in Josh Doxson. What did you like about him maybe – when you were scouting uh, back in the day, also uh, when you saw him out there, uh, why did you guys decide to take a flyer on him? 
Yeah, you know, we're all very excited. I think our pro staff, you know, he, um, headed up by uh, Chad Alexander, Greg Nejma, they did a great job, um, really, really all through free agency, but especially in this case after the after the season, um, he was a he was a guy that was on our radar, and you know, having scouting him when he was coming out of TCU, um, the thing that jumped out about Josh was his ability, his ability to get open and his ability to finish and catch the ball. Uh, I think you're talking about a guy with Josh. He's got a, he's got a really big catch radius. So re- really what I mean by that is, you know, if you, if you were to take, you know, just draw a big circle around his body, I mean, he can, he can go get the ball at any point, you know? So um, really, really like what he brings from a ball skill perspective. So thinking, you know, that, that could be a, a nice unsung addition um, that, that ends up paying dividends. So, um, really, uh, hats off to our pro staff in terms of um, you know staying staying engaged with him. So let's flip to the defensive side of the ball. How critical was it to get both Brian Poole and Jordan Jenkins back in the fold? Those are guys who really, if you look at it, they had career years last year. Jordan Jenkins has increased his pass production, pass rush production in each of the first four professional seasons, eight sacks last year, and also a key cog in your run defense. And then uh, Brian Poole was a tremendous system fit uh, under Greg Williams. Yeah, Brian, I mean, really excited to get both those guys back. Um, and, you know, with a guy like Brian, he was a great addition and he really stabilized the nickel spot for us last year. Um, I think what he brings to the intelligence aspect um, is very, very unique to the position. Um, you just talk about a guy that's got really good ball skills, really good awareness and route recognition. And then Jordan Jenkins. Um, and then what I would say on both these guys, these, these guys are, are great culture guys, great locker room guys. Um, they do everything the right way. They work hard. Um, they're, they're ultra competitive. They're, they're the right type of people. And so again, a guy like Jordan, you know, just really excited about Jordan being able to come back. And, you know, I think he's poised to have a, another uh, big year. And, um, you know, I know, I know these guys are hungry. I know that uh, they've got a, they've, they, they just uh, naturally have chips on their shoulder and they can't, they can't wait to get back out there and compete together. And, um, you know, we're, we're really excited and, and I'm sure I can speak for Greg and his staff and I uh, know how excited they are to have those two guys back. Joe, speaking of culture, how much did assistant GM Rex Hogan help you uh, when it became official that Pierre Desir was released from the Colts? Of course, he had three interceptions there last year in Indianapolis, started 11 games, but perhaps his best professional season was two years ago when Rex was with the Colts. Yeah, I think Pierre, I think Rex's knowledge of, of Pierre the last few years in Indy and talk about another player that's had a, a interesting career trajectory from starting at Lindenwood College in Missouri and the Cleveland Browns to, um, you know, developing into a legitimate starting corner in the National Football League and um, making the most of his opportunities. And it, this was a unique opportunity for us to, to bring in a, a player um that you know recently came available that our uh, assistant GM uh, had had a strong knowledge of um, who a guy again another guy that is a top tier culture guy he's going to be a great fit in our locker room and a guy that has um, very good instincts route recognition and ball skills um, I talk about catch radius with Josh Doxson I think Pierre brings that same type of catch radius from a corner standpoint. 
Yeah. Uh, how, how excited are you here now looking ahead to the draft? Because free agency isn't over, and, and we know you're going to explore every possible avenue to improve this roster. But you mentioned it before. A word that keeps on coming to mind for me is you said flexibility. Flexibility in terms of the way you're financially getting this thing structured and also financially in the draft because you have four picks in the top 79 overall, including that number 11 overall selection. Yeah. Very, very excited about, about those four, those four picks and, you know, really all eight. And, you know, we've, I think where we are now um, really trying to build the base and the foundation and the depth of this team and bring in the right type of people. Um, now we're in a position where we have to make every single one of these draft picks count. Um, and I know I know the hard work that's already gone in with our scouting staff, our college scouting staff, and um, really can't wait. And I know I know the hard work that's going on as we speak with our coaches, um, you know, getting to know these players as best they can remotely on video conferencing calls. So um, I, I can't wait to get with the staff for our next round of draft meetings, even though they're going to be remote, um, to go over their, the guys that really get them excited and that they think can come in here and make a difference, um, you know, because we've, we've got to make the most of these eight picks. Yeah, and, and one thing you've continued <laughs> to say, that basically since you, you walked in the door was – we have to do everything we can to help Sam Donald progress. You don't want him to be under the fire. You started addressing the offensive line, and you also want to surround him with explosive playmakers. And you you just said it. You, you said we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, you know, we're always going to be on the hunt, and we're always going to be looking for uh, the right types of uh, fit. Um, from a from a culture perspective and from a talent perspective, and so um, you know we're we're always going to be looking for the right type of playmaker and the right type of uh, uh, offensive lineman, you know, and then the right type of defender for this team, and so um, and and also special teams, you know. So um, you know we've we've got a lot of work to do, um, you know. Um, We've got we have obstacles uh, in our way, but I know we've got a group as a whole that's up to the task, and um, you know no one no one's making excuses. Everyone's adjusting. They're improvising. Um, we're all coming together as a team, and um, uh, I, I just can't wait for this draft to get going. Yeah, and two final questions here. You talked about Tom Murphy being one of your offseason MVPs, of course, a long time, the longtime head of information technology for the New York Jets. What what can you say about the football staff as a whole, the guys that you've worked with daily, whether at the start of free agency it was you guys were working shoulder to shoulder, now it's over maybe Microsoft Teams or Zoom. Um, about your guys, the, the entire staff, the Rex Hogan's, the Chad Alexander's, uh, the Phil Savages, you mentioned Murph, you mentioned Ryan O'Hare. What, what can you say about the staff and, and the way you guys have been able to work during an adverse time? Yeah, I mean, these guys have really um, done a tremendous job of communicating, being flexible um, to all the changes that have gone on. Um, Dan Zbioski, who's our who's our personnel coordinator, um, he's done a great job um, working in lockstep with Murph, uh, with Steve Piazza, with uh, with Cappy over in IT. Um, you know, on our on our. Um, 
system changes on our meeting formats. You know, uh, we've, we've got a great, we've got a great group of, uh, of people here, you know, a great staff and, you know, um, there's no agendas. Everybody's just pulling in the same direction, you know, and that's the, you know, put the best, get the, get the best players and putting the best product on the field. And uh, everybody's, you know, and it started, it, it really started since day one. And you really saw it in our first round of draft meetings with our scouting staff. You know, everybody's been able to ch- kind of check their ego at the door. And, you know, it's not, it's not who's right. It's, it's that we're right as a, as a group and we bring in the right people. And so, um, you know, we're all, we're all pulling, pulling the same direction. And I think, I think everybody's been on board with that. And it's, it's been, it's been really, uh, really fun to watch. Yeah, finally, you've been so gracious with your time. Uh, not only are you the general manager of the New York Jets, but you're a husband, you're a father of three. Uh, you ha- have a world outside of football. Um, when you see a, a number of people who uh, perhaps are Jets fans, NFL fans, the way uh, the world's been impacted, but specifically this area and um, – you watch the folks on the front line who, who cheer you on and this, cheer this organization on, the doctors, the nurses, um, pe- people who are supporting us every day and things like that. Uh, what would you say to them right now? You know, I, I couldn't even begin to give my my personal um, and, and my personal gratitude enough to them. Um, look, I mean, all we have to do is, is stay home and not, you know, just not go out and and spread this virus. Um, you know the people that are in in the medical field. Um, they're the ones that are having attacked us every day and and risk exposing themselves to this virus. You know, no matter age, creed, gender. Um, and so the, these these uh, these medical workers they're they're at risk every day. And um, you know they're the real heroes right right now. Um, you know, and all we have to do is stay at home and not uh and not get in their way and make their jobs any harder than it has to be so um you know i can't i can't thank them enough for for what they're doing uh, well said joe and uh, we appreciate your time and uh we're wishing your family uh, great luck here and uh, hopefully we'll be able to see you back at the office soon but until then we'll keep on working from home and uh again thanks and we'll talk to you soon thanks eric EA, just a couple things after listening to that interview. If you're a Jets fan, how are you not encouraged by having Joe Douglas as your general manager? I mean, he seems so down to earth. And to your point, he seems exactly who the Jets thought they were getting back in June. I mean, he starts off your interview by shouting out Tom Murphy from IT. And it might seem like such a small gesture, but I feel like it's not something so common. And it just speaks to how good of a person Joe Douglas is. Yeah, he's a humble guy. He's team oriented. He has a plan. He's going to stick to it. He loves the people that are here with him. Um, He has a vision. He wants to build the best culture in professional sports. He's been saying that for a while now. The guys he targeted in free agency, they all had similar characteristics, position flexibility, a lot of those guys up front. But everybody he brought in, they love football tough guys, tenacious, and you're going to have to be that to be a New York Jet. So when you're looking at some of these guys in the draft now, you can weed out some players that are not Joe Douglas-type players. 
All right. Well, quickly, let's now transition into Olivia's interview with Brian Billick. Brian, I want to quickly ask you, what kind of potential did you see in a young Joe Douglas back then? You know, when you, someone comes into the organization, and Ozzie Newsom uh, at the time, Phil Savage, Eric DaCosta, have done a great job, uh, have done for a long time, bringing in young talent uh, that we would roll through, obviously mentor, they would grow within the system. And Joe, from the get-go, you knew this was a guy, he was a hustler, he worked hard, he was a grinder, which you have to be able to do. It was like, whatever task you need for me to do, I'll do it. You know, so when, when I knew Joe, he was just beginning uh, it's it's fascinating to see him as a general manager now because you kind of you know you kind of think of people as you originally interacted with them. When I started with Bill Walsh, I was assistant director of public relations, and even after a Super Bowl, I think Bill probably always kind of thought of me as just his assistant PR guy. So you know sometimes that's the way it falls. But Joe was great. Joe was hardworking, and you knew that he was going to work his way up and be in a position like he is now. You mentioned Ozzie Newsome. What exactly do you think he took away from a person like him or what kind of traits could he have learned from Ozzie? Ozzie is a great listener. He did a great job of taking a lot of input, uh, empowering everybody around him, scout, coach, assistant coach. Uh, everybody in the organization had a say. They, they interacted interacted constantly with one another, and Ozzie fostered that and would kind of sit back and listen to it all. So I imagine Joe took a great deal from that, watching how Ozzie utilized all the talent around him as opposed to just thinking, yeah, I got all the answers and uh, we're going to take who I want to say. Well, now that we have seen Joe Douglas in action, which of those traits have you seen him already implement into his decisions? Well, I think like you learned from Ozzie Newsom and was always our case in Baltimore, Ozzie always strongly believed that you tried to address the things in free agency. It didn't have to be a huge splash, but address the needs in free agency so that it left you to take the best player available in the draft. Need is a terrible evaluator. And to go into the draft with such an overpowering need that it possibly warps your analysis of a player uh, maybe pull someone up further up the board than you normally would have them only because there is such a need. So you can see what they're doing with some of the offseason acquisitions uh, that they're filling in some of these needs that should leave them some latitude. You look at tackle, you know, obviously with George Fant and then what they've done at the receiving court, two areas that need to be addressed. These areas obviously can still be addressed early in the draft because offensive tackle and wide receiver both seem to have some options for them at number 11, but they don't have to do that given some of the things that they've done in free agency. Brian, we already mentioned a few moves that Joe Douglas has made. What other moves do you anticipate him making this offseason? Well, you know, the next move obviously is in the draft, and, and, and New York is one of those teams. Certainly you need to wrap as much around Sam Darnold as you can. He's going to be your franchise. You put that kind of value on him when you drafted him, uh, uh, your number one pick. At quarterback, you've got to give him every opportunity to be successful. So that means protecting him. He's got a great running back in Le'Veon Bell. He's got a decent core of receivers. Uh, I would say they, they need another big impact receiver, so a wide receiver might not be off the board at number 11. Uh, but that's kind of interesting, too, because as, as flashy as wide receivers are early in the draft, 
it's a much tougher transition from college into the NFL at wide receiver than a lot of people think. You look at other positions, you think there's a lot more integration, the skill set of receiver. Heck, if he's fast and he's big and he can run, he'll do well in the NFL. But dealing with the, the increased talent in the secondaries in the NFL, dealing with the speed, recognizing that you know a window in the NFL is much smaller than it is in the college game. So that impact receiver, although typically um, you need to go in the first round to get one of those types of guys, it doesn't necessarily translate right in the first year. Brian Billick worked very close with Joe Douglas from 2000-2007. They won a Super Bowl championship together. Thank you so much for coming on and giving some of your input on Joe. I really appreciate it. Glad to do it. Great hearing from Brian Billick. Great insight on Joe Douglas. Of course, as we said earlier, Billick knows Joe from when Joe was in his 20s working with the Ravens. And that was another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. EA and I back tomorrow with NFL Draft Scout. That is Matt Miller of Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report.